January's edition of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. It's now 2020. Happy New Year Happy to New Year. everybody. Happy New Season Year. 2. And Season's greetings. And hopefully 2020 will be wonderful for everybody. So let's uh, let's just go around the table and familiarize yourself with who's here. My name is Matt. I am president of Jupiter Farms Residence. And I'm Jillian. And I'm Kristen. We have with us today a very special guest from... Palm Beach County's Division of Building. He is the director. His name is Doug Wise. Let's hear it for him. Yay! Yay! So, Doug, I feel like there is a huge amount of information, and I feel like there is a huge amount of misinformation out there when it comes to the building division of Palm Beach County, especially for us here in Jupiter Farms. I feel like you can kind of Google and go online, and you find people always having answers and input and wrong information and wrong answers and wrong input. And so I think it's really great that you're here with us and we can kind of speak to Jupiter Farms particular issues because we seem to have a lot of them out here. Y- yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think let, let's um, f- first off, building division is permitting. Yeah, building division issues, regulated construction activity permits for Palm Beach County. So uh, we're a division of planning, zoning, and building department that, you know, does the entitlements. And so it's a bureaucracy. Land use. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty big machine. We're, yeah. we're about uh, 175 people in a machine that's about 400 people. Wow. And, and I know that out here we have particular issues. We have antiquated lots in some sections. We have roads that aren't necessarily county roads and, and setbacks that are, that are different from almost any other part of the county. And I think if we start off with just permitting, what needs to be permitted? We have guidance documents on the website, on the homepage for the building division. So if you go to pbcgov.com or pbcgov.org, on the bottom right-hand side, once you get to the building division, right. there's, a, there's a document that we worked real hard on that says items not requiring a permit. So it's very <laughs> specific <laughs> for you. And what it usually, what it means is you can replace a sink in the same location, you can replace a, a water closet, a toilet, in the same location. You can replace a lot of things in the same location as long as it doesn't require cutting away the potable water system, cutting into the potable water system, your water supply. Right. As long as you're not cutting plastic pipe. You can't do a tub because usually that involves going into the floor and the shower valve goes into the wall. So we do permitting on those kind of things. But we make it real easy for folks to get permits now. We have a decal program where your plumber can basically get a decal where it's a pre-approved permit and they just come and do it. They don't have to wait for us to get the work done. We're also walking stuff through now. 24-hour turnarounds, sub-permits are online, so we've made a lot of progress. That's great. But to your earlier point, there are a lot of, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. So it's very challenging for us to put it out there in a, in a manner that people can all see it. There's literally, in my office, I have three bookcases full of code books, and all of them apply in some manner to the homes in this community. Right. So if I were to throw something at you like fences. Yep. What do you want to talk about fences? Fences take permits. Right. Um, The exception to fences without permits would be on an agricultural property, which is a farm. Right. And that is not the zoning. Don't confuse that with agricultural residential, which Jupiter Farms... The bulk of this is agricultural, residential, right. and we're what's called in the rural tier, right. RSA. Which is a, yeah, which is a different uh, different category. The minimum lot size out here is like ten acres, right? 
okay, wait a minute, my lot's not 10 acres, right. is yours? Right. So, so the problem is we, a lot of us have non-conforming lots, mm -hmm. but they're considered to be legal lots of record right. if they were developed prior Before. to the, the date in the book. In the right. book. And we, so we have a book that have all the lots in Jupiter Farms in it. So we look at that. And depending on your lot, whether it's conforming or non-conforming, the setbacks are different, the requirements are different, like how close a shed can go to the property line, right. et cetera. So I can't, you can't just call me up Right, and, I, and I'll tell you what the shed setback is. That means and people have to go down to your department, bring us a survey, or, us a survey. or email it in. You can email a survey in to pzb-building at pbcgov.org and basically attach a copy of your survey and ask your question. Great, and that, we'll make sure that we have that email address in the program notes when this goes out so you'll yeah. be able to- That is, to, that is to the Global it. Building Division information line. If you send that in, make sure it's a single family thing. Don't right. ask us commercial stuff, that has to go to zoning. Right, and you shouldn't be having commercial stuff out here in the forums anyway. Well, anyway, but that's, that's a whole nother story. But okay, so I what if I was question. replacing right. a fence? I have specific on that. The items requiring a permit says clearly in it, Replacement of a fence of the same type in the same location does not require a permit. It needs to be the same type in the same location under a thousand dollars. We won't require a permit. So that's but that's generally not what happens. Right. So our fence is the cattle the fence. Cattle fence has single sticks. Posts. Posts. Creosote Thank you. Posts. Right. So if I wanted to change the metal that's on it, the the thing, and I wanted to put. Pretty little decorative over it. Three board. That's a change. Yeah. That's that would a change. take a permit. Okay. That was my question. That, that was takes my question. a permit, really. That takes a permit. Now, you know, they would tell you straight out, the, our policies say you got to have a current survey less than a year old, but we do look at this practically because, you know, uh, the cost of a new survey on a property can be 1200 bucks, right. and, you know, your, your fence might cost 1000 mm -hmm. So you're going to, you know, spend 1200 for a survey for a $1,000 fence. We will try to use any survey that you bring us if you have one when you bought your property or it's, you know, it's, it's legible, we can read it. It looks like it's to scale. We'll try to use it. A lot of times people come to us to get surveys in the records. Can't promise we have one. Right. You know, we have surveys for stuff that we permit. Usually we're only required to keep it for 10 years, but we keep stuff forever. Right. But that doesn't mean that the street name was always the street name and the, you know, the, and it the address was always the address. always find it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's finding it can be challenging because we literally have millions of records right. that we've collected over decades. And not all digitally, obviously. It wasn't even digital until yeah. recently. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about sheds? You know, sheds you take sheds. a permit. Driveways. Driveways take a permit. Filling of a pond. Filling of a pond takes a permit. Land clearing. Land clearing per se is not, does not have a standalone permit because you're not supposed to do it unless you're building a house. Right. And particularly in the farms, it, we would have expected to be a house or an agricultural building. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you should have some kind of approval for that. If it's an agricultural building, we would expect you filed a non-residential farming affidavit mm -hmm. and do a non-residential farm building application. Right. So we review it for just for floodplain requirements. What about things on the ground? I want to put pavers down and make a little patio by my sand, canal. Sand set pavers are in the items not requiring a permit. Okay. They do not require a permit if they're not part of a pool deck. We're serious about pool decks. That's life safety. We have issues with what we call equipotential bonding which is the, the common potential around a swimming pool because of the, sh the risk of electric shock. There sure. could be stray current from a, a receptacle or something nearby or a, 
an extension that cord sense. that's laying out. Mm -hmm. So we do what's called equipotential bonding. So if you're doing it as part of a pool deck, we want to be involved. Okay, but just in the, on over the grass sand, that's fine. Yeah, just okay. on the grass in your back. You do a back patio with pan, sand set pavers. You don't need a permit. Okay. Um, so basically, if you're going to build anything, say, larger than a doghouse, you probably should investigate whether you need a permit. Check with us first. Send an email to pzb-building right. at pbcgov.org. Tell us what you want to do. If you can do it without a permit, we'll send it back in writing where you have it in writing. Boom. So there's no question. That's right. It's not a moving target. You know, he said, she right. said, right. I get that all day and long. I and I think it's important to point out that permitting isn't a suggestion. It's a legal requirement. It is. And it's not optional. And just because you read it on Facebook that said so-and-so did it, my friend did it, or this is what I did, that doesn't mean that a common belief makes it legal. We've seen this now, you know, as, as counties becoming a little bit more observant, um, you know, with, with code enforcement out here, that sometimes things come back to haunt us. Now, I guess the question is, what are the ramifications if somebody doesn't do it via permit? If you don't get a permit, I can't make sure that it gets to stay where you want to put it. Right. I can't make sure that you don't have to elevate it or put flood vents in it or do some other kind of crazy thing after the fact. If you come to us first, we can make sure that you have the entitlements in place and you're doing for what right. you want to keep, and then you won't have to do it twice. Right. The other thing is, you know, if a lot of unpermitted work sometimes happens with people that are unlicensed. Right. And, you know, they might be taking advantage of you and say, ah, you don't need a permit for mm -hmm. that. If they tell you that, Call us, email right. us. And I would say email is better because we get so many calls every day. It's and it's in writing when you email it. Yeah, I'll give it back answer, to you in writing. So, yeah. And there are cases where we've seen that someone, after the case, some things may be able to be permitted after the fact, but there's no guarantee. We do our best. When you come to us, you know, it's like fair play. We're not going to penalize you if you come to us. There would be no penalty fees if you come to us first. Right. But the bottom line is I can't guarantee I can permit it. I'll do my best, but I can't promise. So what are the enforcement procedures that county takes for something that maybe they discover is not permitted? That is handled through the code enforcement division, which is another division of planning, zoning, and building. It's not your and job. Not my, it's, not, <laughs> it's not my department, but I work closely with those guys every day. Robert Santos mm -hmm. Alborna is the director of code enforcement. And he does a really good job. And, and they, when they go to a property, they get a complaint, say it's, and we, you know, maybe not so much in the farms, but they get overgrown grass or something in disrepair or, you know, trash and debris in a, in a yard. They'll look at the permits too. And they'll see if there's inactive permits out there, or they'll look at the permit history to see if there's unpermitted stuff that's obvious. Right. And a lot of times it is obvious when you look at it. What so happens? Cut your grass if you're not permitted. Yeah, cut your grass. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, much. <laughs> but Bigger things, and we know that this happens out here too, is I bought a house. It's got a barn. Whoever built it didn't do the right setbacks. And now code enforcement has said they've cited me for this barn. What happens? You know, there is no grandfathering. There's no such thing as grandfathering, right. except, you know, I would say the only grandfathering with respect to permits is if a permit wasn't required at the time the work was performed, I can't come to you 30, 40, 50 years later and say, come get a permit. Okay. That is, that is our rule. We won't do that. So if it can be documented that a permit wasn't required at that time, you'd be okay. That being said, there were changes this year in the Florida legislature. Some pretty important things happened with expired permits. Over the past five years or so, I've been working with a legislative group 
with the Building Officials Association of Florida, and we worked with the Florida Bar Association, the local legal guy. A guy so named, you guys go to the bar? No, no. not <laughs> a bar. The bar. No, the I'm, bar, pre- I'm pretty the sure. Florida, the Florida the other bar. bar Association. So we have fundamental differences on what this bar association <laughs> yeah. obviously does. Yes. But okay, I'll, you but, know what? For the purposes of this podcast, I'll yield to you and say, okay, this is like a real thing. Yeah, and no, no drinking took place during any of these meetings. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh. And, and so the bottom, the bottom line was, though, we worked on legislation to try and make it easy to deal with inactive permits on people's properties mm-hmm. because the Bar Association was running into the inability for closings to take place and they wanted predictability in the process. And that's how I get a lot of work every day. My staff, probably 25% of the work we're doing every day comes from somebody trying, a real estate agent or a, a lawyer trying to make a closing happen and then there's this permit out there and they're right. like, it's like my fault. So, you know, it is my fault. I didn't, Shame on you, I, 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 wasn't, I didn't even work here when that happened, but <laughs> right. no, how you know, it you. is my fault because I will help them close it. So the legislation is pretty good. So if you bought it that way, to your point, mm-hmm. I can't charge you a penny to make it, to make it come true. Right. So, but you do have to work with me to get it closed. So you can either try to close it yourself as owner builder, or you can hire a contractor to complete it. I can allow you to complete it with a code in effect at the time that it was originally applied for. Mm-hmm. That's assuming there was a permit. It's assuming there was a contractor, but that's a huge yeah. bonus yeah, because big, yeah. we used to charge fees for that stuff. You bought it sight unseen. You didn't know. Right. So, you know, you relied in good faith on the realtor and all the research that was done. So we're, we're on your side. What on if that. it was something, it's not even an open permit. There was, it was never permitted. It's on the property and it's, a it's, setback it's issue. got a setback issue, but I bought it that way, but it appears on a site plan. Okay. Now I can't promise you that you could get a variance, but if you didn't do it and you bought it that way, theoretically you might qualify for a variance from the zoning division. Mm -hmm. Now they have a process for that and don't let me get you wrong. It's no guarantee. Right. And it basically, you know, there's a cost for that. We had a meeting with somebody yesterday that was trying to get a variance. We're talking about it. We said, there's no way you're going to get it because it was just, it was their own creation. Uh You know, we couldn't let you create it and then get a variance. But if you bought it that way, you might be able to get something. Do might are you not? Well, will. I would imagine you have to be careful with variances because it kind of can set a precedent. Yeah, the neighbors might not agree because right. when we do, we go we go to a public meeting on a lot of variances. It's not going to be administrative, depending on what it is. Right. It'll go to a public meeting, and that means the neighbors get to all come and tell you what they think about it. So, and I, they might I, not like it. And, and I, but I understand what you're saying. This isn't self-inflicted. You didn't build it, but if you inherited this when you bought it and you didn't really understand it and you might be able to not negotiate, but you might be able to get a variance because it is kind of like a hardship. I think that's the only way you could get a variance if you didn't create it. That's one of them. But it, you know, there's a, there's like a seven litmus test for variances and I'm not the person to give you that. That would be John McGillis or Marianne. You hear that? John and Marianne. You're (laughs) You're up next. You're you're up next. (laughs) (laughs) Compliance. Property owner, period, is the person who needs to be in compliance, right? I mean, if you buy it, you bought the problem. Yeah, it's, I guess I, the analogy I use with the people a lot of time, and I talk to a lot of people, is it's like you bought a piece of property and somebody buried toxic waste on it, and you didn't know either. Right. Guess what? You're holding the bag. Right. Does that mean you got to pay to fix it? No, maybe there's some money out there in Superfund or something. But it's not going to be from county. But it's, <laughs> yeah, well... I don't want to say it's not from the county. We have an ERM department and they work hard to help people clean up properties too. Right. 
doesn't mean we fund that stuff. Right. So don't take that we wrong. We probably don't have a lot of buried toxic material. Out buried there. There's probably things. buried bodies, yeah. but yeah. by now that's... I didn't say it. Probably, you don't no. think Al Capone yeah. is toxic at this point? He was, he was no, syphil- too old. He was, it was syphilis and he didn't die here. So no, I think it was the Jimmy Hoffa where they were still looking for him. But oh. I mean, you know, I think, you know... <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> Sorry. Well... Not if you saw the Irishman. Don't, don't see not, the Irishman. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, wow, we got a little movie review in there. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> the new feature. I guess so. Yeah. And next. Three um, hours. So buyers have, their, have to do their due diligence. Yes. What are county health department property appraisers office resources to, to even research things like expired permits, unpermitted structures? Um, well, maybe Doug could tell me we, if I did it right, because I'm a little OCD. <laughs> When we were buying our house, I, yeah. I went on, I looked at all the permits. I checked the survey to go, okay, there's the permit for the shed, the pool. So I know real estate agents sometimes do that. And I made sure nothing was open and we had yeah. nothing that wasn't on the permit that was on the survey that was physically there. Yeah, that's like ideal. The you, first you do thing, that yourself. See, because I'm ideal. You do your, your ideal. Right, because did, no, you do did, your research you really yourself. You really had to say it. Well, I had to say, had to say that because he does. here's why. Here's why I'll say How that. How about let's just say the situation is you, ideal. The situation Joey. is ideal okay. when she does that. Because so 1% <laughs> of the population is ideal. What yeah. happens to the other 99% Okay, so here, here's why I'm saying that's the best way to go about it. Go online. We put a lot of tools online where you can look stuff up and see what's going on. We don't have the plans there, unfortunately. You'll have to request the plan. But we make them available, and you, all you got to do is ask, and now they'll email them to you most of the time. Wow. They might charge a little bit of money, but it's just nothing. It's, it's peanuts. It costs more to do than they charge you for it. The reason I'm saying to do that is if you come to me and sit down with me, and you show me all this stuff on your property, and we're looking through your permits together, I have a legal responsibility then to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be asking you, how long did you, do you want to correct this and what would be reasonable because if you don't then i have to turn you over to code enforcement wow. my license requires me to work in that manner so if, huh. I'm, a, if I'm aware of a violation yeah. i have to act upon it i have no no uncertain terms okay so jillian's ideal well, it is well, <laughs> no you, you want to hear how, no, 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 cool. cool. hear how crazy fine. i am i pulled a clue report on the house to see what insurance yeah. claims were made because i wanted to know did they not yeah. fix something that sick individual whatever well, okay, and I'll back up. The, OCD? The first word? OCD. I think we said OCD. The first yeah. house we were looking to buy had a five-car garage. You called it ideal. And my husband wanted this house. From but, my perspective, it is. Exactly. Thank you. I like OCD residents. I like it. The, it had a five-car garage on it, and my husband said, I want this house because of the garage. We didn't get that house, and in the end, that five-car garage was a pole barn that had been cemented in, and the new owner had to take the whole thing down, pull up the pad, redo everything and i heard it cost oh like in the six figures yeah it, it costs more to fix it yeah than to do it right once right so i was happy and then he went you're crazy and i went yeah whatever so i don't know Doug if, says it's okay are you done yeah you're ideal great yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're the right person to ask because this is a code enforcement procedure but how as they pertain to new or expiring permitting what do they do out here if they get a complaint um, and ca- I mean, can an owner just contact them to reach out and, and get ahead of it possibly if it's a suspected old issue to correct now or, or do they just wait to get a violation letter? Are you saying if a resident's aware of a violation, what should they do? Yeah. Turn yeah. themselves in. No, I, I, well, <laughs> no, I think research it. 
you know, explore issuing permits. You could send an email to PZB Maine and ask questions about it without giving us the address, and we can answer mm -hmm. the questions about it. Obviously, the setbacks would a survey would be necessary. You'd sort of give yourself away, right? You know, so I just tell people if you don't tell me your address, I'll give you the answer, and then you can figure out what you want to do. I'm not asking you to incriminate yourself. Of course, if it's a, a question about setbacks, you're going to need the address because yeah, I we think have so. so many setbacks have to be the hardest issue that you uh, have to deal with. They are one of the most challenging. Yeah, because I can't fix it. Right. What are they based on? The setbacks. Setbacks are a ratio, a proportion of the property width or length, and it's based on conforming, non-conforming, and there's different tables. So I can't even give it to you straight. Right. There are tables in the ULDC that you, that you look at. The, is it conforming, non-conforming? Is it AR? Is it is it RS or is it you know UST? What is it? Right. You is know? that table available online or is yeah, that it's available on the PDF of the of the? You know, if you were truly ideal, you would probably know that answer. I was going to say, can a non-ideal yeah. OCD person understand the yeah, table? All the information is available <laughs> online. Well, that that particular information is available on the zoning division website, and it's ULDC PDF articles. If you go to the PDF articles, they're like hot links in them, at least that show you the topics you can get through there. And I would say that's probably, don't hold me to this, I think it's Article 5 in the ULDC where the uses are in the tables of the settings. You're but, ideal. But we, you, but you can we do, just finished Article you, 4. But, but you can do like word search. Right. Keyword, yeah. right, search. keyword search. So you just type in setbacks, setbacks and you, setback you'll see every or, time it's used in there. Because setback then, one word or two. I think it's one word. I think it's one word. It's not hyphenated? No. no. I don't no. think you so. should know this OCD lady. <laughs> um, but but I, I think the, the, the short of that here is, again, because we see people saying, I want to build a barn. What are the setbacks? And then people are chiming in with Mine's the, 15 these answers. Feet. And oh, it's, it's 12 feet. And, it, yeah. and there is, there's, there's no, no set right answer for out here in the farms. It depends. Yeah. Is okay. the only answer I can give you. It depends on your right. lot. Right. It depends on the use on your lot. If it's a farm. Right. The zoning code doesn't even apply. Right. I can't tell you a setback. Build right. a farm. So build but a farm. But you got to make it so it drains. Well, be careful. You drainage, you still have to comply with drainage. Right. You can't flood your neighbors. You can't violate the Article 18 of the of the county ULDC, which is the floodplain ordinance. I have to read Article 18. You are Article you 18. Are. <laughs> You're Baker Act. <laughs> the yeah. biggest issues I see brought up on Facebook lately have been the setbacks. That's been yeah. one of them. The other is the pond filling and the lot filling and then the water drainage issues because of that. Yeah. So the setbacks, as I explained, I can't give you a straight answer unless you show me a survey. You heard it right here. Doug Wise cannot give us a straight answer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but the pond <laughs> filling, I will. That has become an issue for us over the many years of development that's occurred out here. If you spoke with Mike Dillon at the, the South, Indian, yeah. Yeah, South Indian River, talk to them, or we you talked to Jay Foy down at Indian Trails, or the folks that I talk to all around the county in the different districts, there are certain parameters by which the permits for the subdivision were originally proposed with South Florida Water Management and the state of Florida when it was originally proposed right. and approved. And it limited the amount of fill on these lots that could be done. Right. There was an estimate. The canals were cut. You know, they be, built the big canals in the back, the swales in the front. They said, it's going to be this much fill, and that's what we're basing because it on. Because it's a gravity system. Right, because it's a gravity <laughs> that's, system. That's the way water gets and, and it's, it's it. what we call a non-engineered system. Right. 
And, and so not the, surprising. So, the, <laughs> so, you know, it's also known as unplatted subdivisions where I was talking about legal lots of record. We have records of all of them. Right. I can tell you what the legal lots are. All you got to do is come in and we can show you how to look them up. Mm -hmm. There are maps that show them on the website. But the point with that, I guess what I'm trying to make is that when we fill all these lots now, like what we're doing there, people are bringing in the OSTDS, the drain fields mm -hmm. and the septic systems are higher. And now the buildings are higher and all the dirt's coming in higher. And some of that and, is because of county code. And, I mean, well, uh, some of it is know, because the water table is rising. But right. The question is, is the water table rising because of the fill or is it rising because of it's just, rising because yeah. it's right. Sea level rise. Right. I, I don't know the answers on that. That's a, beyond my pay grade. But I would tell you that it's like a bathtub. You can throw stones into a bathtub. And if you throw enough stones into that bathtub, that water is going to go up sooner right. or later. That bathtub is going to overflow. Some of the lower houses are already starting to flood and see problems. When things go in. And we so, don't have the vacant lots that are holding water. Yeah. And, and since 2004, we had ordinances on the books that said when you're filling these lots and these unplatted subdivisions, these were designated as not special, but flood hazard areas. There's two types of flood hazard areas. There's special flood hazard areas, which are reflected on a map from FEMA. But we also have flood hazard areas, which are areas without an engineered, master engineered stormwater system us that is the farms mm -hmm. so the point is in those areas fill is limited solely to establish what you need to do for the building right. and you can only be six inches above that mm -hmm. so the rest of your property is you're not supposed to fill all that but you know if you have a good engineer and you want to come up with a drainage plan and show how you're not going to harm your neighbors we're going to try and do that right. that doesn't seem to happen but well part of the problem is nobody was looking at it Right, because you Back just said since 2004, yeah, this so, has been there, but it was... Yeah, prior to yeah. that, it was really kind of loosey-goosey. I don't want to say we didn't do our job. I'm going to say nobody was even paying attention right. because we're out in the middle of the woods in those days, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was here. I mean, you know, we moved here in 91. Yeah. I'll tell you, I remember what it looked like. It was all woods and there was there was houses. I'm not saying there here weren't, there. but there was a lot of vacant land and all the water would just puddle on the vacant line. Right. Yeah. Now everything is filled up and the, and the flooding is Yeah, the last is couple worse. of years, the building has... We've, we've got a lot more pebbles in yeah, the tub. Yeah, and the farm is, is not unique in that. They're having the same kind of problems in the Indian trails mm -hmm. down in... The, in Most Lock, of the western the Acreage portions. and uh, Loxahatchee. Most of the older So they have a lot of problems there. And they actually got mapped into the special flood hazard areas in the latest FEMA mapping. And Palm Beach Country Estates within Sir Wicked. Well, area. they had that parts already. Of, they, they were already mapped in. But, but we're, there we're, was parts, I think, that got added in on the last round, weren't there? Didn't that get updated and another section yes. got added? Yeah, yes. it, well, it's still in. Yeah. That, that flood area in the maps is still there. It yeah. didn't move. It was there before. Yeah. They just moved the line a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's new areas, whole new areas in the acreage in Loxahatchee that are in that were never in. And, and that really, we were lucky. Let me say we were lucky here in the farms because I speak as a, as a farms resident, not a county official anymore because... I would say we should have been mapped in, but they didn't have any information to that effect. Shh. Keep the information okay. away. Because who was here in October 95? You. Do you remember that? You. No, but I heard about it. There were airboats going up and down actually, my street. Yeah. Alexander Run had airboats. You can Google it and see the pictures. Indian Town Road had airboats going up and down. Yeah. I mean, it was like no, literally. But in yeah. the last two or three years, we've been here for the 100-year uh, yeah. storms that happen yeah. every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah we, so. we had one about a year and a half ago, yeah. and that really scared me because the water level then was just about as high, not quite, as it was in October 95. Yeah. October 95, we had like 26 inches. Yeah. But I think yeah. now, yeah. luckily, Sir, this was Wick, seven inches. Sir Wicket, with now paying attention to their secondary swales and drainage, right. we, we escaped what would have been right. as bad as 95. Right. And, and we worked closely with them on the and we policy and that we, we did. That. They were very instrumental. Mike and, and Amy were helpful. 
We had Jay Foy from Indian Trails. We had all the districts in and talked about it. So huh. let's let's talk about the fact that there are still a lot of people that are filling without the permit. So I wake up on a Saturday morning and I hear, and then five minutes later I hear, and I know that's the tailgate. Slamming. That's the tailgate slamming, and a neighbor three <laughs> houses up or whatever is getting after for the next half an hour to an hour always on a weekend it's on a weekend because they know that that i'm not going to be able to get what do i do what's my recourse as as a resident out here send an email call or send an email to code enforcement or send an email to me we'll investigate it i mean i don't have people on 24 hours i think code enforcement does on weekends occasionally but not consistently but the neighbors get upset when they hear that other neighbors do it anonymously how do you do that anonymously have to do has to be a telephone call it has to be a telephone call when a human being's there yeah I'm no, sorry. No paper trail. You could leave a message, though. You yeah. call the code enforcement hotline and leave a message. My name is Madam X. I'd like to report. <laughs> you don't have to. I, even, just, I just always put my name as Doug Wise. <laughs> yeah. So I say Kristen Atwood. Oh, <laughs> or you no. can call me an alternative. Yeah. You know? Well, um, you know, get that, David involved. That they know. I mean, the people that are aware, and especially some of the people who even deliver the fill out here, they know, okay, you want 30 loads, I'll do it on a weekend, and right. we'll get yeah. it done. And I'll give a little kudos to the department, because diagonally just behind a little, me, though. a house was built. It's It seems like it's 40 feet off the crown of the road, but it's probably yeah. about four. And I called Brad Brown. Mm-hmm. Because I was concerned because we flood. So he went, he went out there and they bermed my side of the property, which yeah. is awesome, except yeah. they didn't do the back. So I guess they told them to check my side because I was the one who complained. Right. So now the water so runs from the, the end, back into my around. neighbor and comes around, which is, we'll berm yeah. ours, it's fine. I, you know, I don't want to kill the poor guy. But the, he was very responsive and called back to check when somebody had gone out there. So that it was, yeah, it was the, nice. The, build, nice the building inspectors have been trained to look at that at the time of final inspection, look at drainage. The plan reviewers are asking for drainage plans to try and make sure how the water is going to be retained on site. We're not at the level, and I think if you talk to Mike and Amy at South Indian River, they'd say the same thing. We cannot mandate 100% of the water has to be retained on site. What we say is the water has to be discharged to an approved point of disposal and typically that would that's be the, the swale, swale in right. front right. not in back so right. if it's going in back and around that's a problem <laughs> yeah. but but i think this one we had like last year the you know, end of last year maybe a year ago now that flood we had the seven inches or something mm-hmm. that happened one evening in just a couple hours mm-hmm. that was coming out of the canal in the back across my yard from back to front now you, that was a first you should have called yeah. doug wise in yeah. the building department <laughs> doug would have been like don't bother me there was, there was nobody to call so I, I called mike dylan i said man what's going on oh mike dylan <laughs> he, he probably said to call you uh, <laughs> hey this is mike dylan hi this is doug wise no hey, we, we like mike. mike we work closely we love mike. No, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy and um you see online well we moved out here you know for more freedom it's not freedom from permitting Palm Beach County is still Palm Beach County, and you still have to permit the things that you still have to permit. Why is permitting important? Why is, why is all of this even necessary? It's life safety, first of all. That's why I'm in the business. Right. But on the other side of it, it's property, protects the quality of life. I mean, you know, it's life safety, quality of life, all those things. Protects your value of your property. Unpermitted work, you're not gonna, it's not going to have the same well, value of work that's permitted. And if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, insurance company. So you have, I don't know, a flood in your house. And you're getting paid for whatever, and you're getting the value of a hot water heater that right. got underwater, but you never permitted that hot water heater. So 
on paper, you still have a 15-year-old water heater. Right. I, I may, I'm, Is that crazy? I, I said she was perfect earlier. I said she was ideal. You're taking it back? That's yeah, I'm taking it back. Sweet. There's, there's no such thing as a hot water heater. We have oh, a water yeah. heater. Water heater. If, the, if the water was hot, we wouldn't heat it. I was a, speaking to a, people that don't know that. That's a bush, I knew that. League, that's a bush league mistake. So don't that's say that to us. We'll make fun of you every time. So the right. thing for the water what that makes it hot. What do you got against the bush league? Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but anyway, no, seriously, but if, okay, an air conditioner. So the answer is if it wasn't permitted, yeah, I don't know what your insurance company is going to say they're going to say it's a 15 year old deny it yeah what what we do is about insurance everything we do is for insurance they're instrumental in the codes and the regulations that we enforce you know they they push a lot of stuff the bar association was pushing the expired permit language insurance pushes stuff they're trying to make it so we put all the roofing permits online so that they don't even have sorry roofing roofing he's from chicago roofing roofs are the things that are over the hot water it's a roof are you from the Midwest? Rough. He said water Roofing. closet before, so now you, you have yeah. to say toilet. I'm, I, are you from the Midwest? Or are you no. from Britain? No. <laughs> Wait, say I, actually, I'm from Southern California. Say toilet. Dude. What? Dude. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Okay, you so say, we're here with Doug Wise from Southern California. That, that was like a long time ago. I was a Disney kid. So Do that, you say toilet? That's how I ended up he in says, Florida. Tragic Kingdom. Do you say, you say toilet? No, toilet is Queens. Roof. Archie Bunker. Oh, oh come my on. grandfather said no. turlet. Oh my I God. said water closet. What yeah. you said water closet. That's the technical term. So Can I clarify something? I thought, I thought water heaters don't have to be permitted. They do. Water heater replacements so do require a permit. Really? Yeah. Are, you high? Are you high? Did you hear I thought, that? I heard that. Okay. See, look at now, you. Now you heard that from, from your contractor. Yeah. Because well, here's the thing. You my know, husband. It's, it's Friday night. You lose hot water. The average Jupiter farmer says, okay, you know what? Saturday morning, I'm going to Home Depot. I'm going to go get yeah. a new water heater. And mm-hmm. by, by the way, I just said water you can, heater. Not can you get a permit after us. the fact for yes, that? Yes, you okay. can call us All and right. tell us I got a water heater replacement at my address. And what does that cost? Nothing. You make the phone call. No, and you the come permit. in. I think it's like a $75 permit. $75. Oh, all right, fine. But we'll do a decal for less. Really? 50, yeah. So if you hire a plumber, they won't do it for 75 bucks, right. but we'll give them a decal for 50 bucks. They carry it around in their truck. And so once they do the water heater, boom, that's they, good to they, know that they, that they stick the sticker on it and you say, how do I know it's permitted? And they say, look at the sticker. I have a question. And then they give you a piece of paper that you just can call us if you have concerns about the installation nice. and we'll come out and inspect it. I have a question. It's like Ooh. a pre-permit. She's, what ra- kind she's of, raising her hand. Give us a I'm list sorry. of things you have decals for. We have Off-tubbing. decals right now for water heater replacements. We have them for low voltage burglar alarm, which is right. a statutory mandate that came from the Florida legislature. But that also includes something that has nothing to do with low voltage burglar alarm, which is electric fences. So go figure. I don't know how the legislature figured that out. It's electric. But you can get an electric fence with a decal. Theoretically, it's driven by a battery, though. Right. So it may plug in at one end, but the plug in goes to a battery and then it goes to drive the fence. What if it's solar low voltage? If it's plug and cord connected, so there's no hard wiring of anything, we would do it, you know, without like your like your gate operator, your mm-hmm. solar gate operator, it's not connected to the network or anything else. Right. Just runs a battery and opens. We don't get a permit for that. Gotcha. But we would for like, if you're running lights out to your gate post, an underground circuit would be a permit. Right. So what else can I tell you? But yeah, water heaters are, that's a big deal because that's like a 30 amp circuit with a number 10 yeah. wire. And, and it's also a very common thing to go out. So that makes it a lot easier to. And there's a lot of non-conforming ones out there that have a rubber cord on it. So if you have a water heater with a rubber cord in it, I would tell you that it's probably not legal. Oh, interesting. And it never was. Never was. And did Home Depot sell those? Home Depot sells the rubber cords and they sell the water heaters and people 
ended up putting Put them together. together. I'd like to report Kristen Atwood for having yeah, a rubber yeah. hose. <laughs> you, need a, you need a disconnect, and it has to be a rated disconnect. I knew that from the insurance yeah. guy, actually, when they did check my water heater when I go home. I did, yeah. You didn't even know that it was a hot, you said hot water heater. I always say hot water heater. I just Every, don't want to be everybody perfect. Everybody does that. There's yeah. a lot of people do that. She's not alone. She's not ideal. I am. <laughs> what, uh, what, what else? What else do we got for Doug? Because I feel like... I think David should ask a question. David, why don't you ask a question to Doug? Did you like Frozen? Uh, yeah. the, the, the grandmother... How, uh, oh, that's houses. a good topic. Yeah, those are yeah. allowed. Now they have to be attached now, correct? Unless something's changed recently, there's a limitation on the square footage. You can have two things. You can have an accessory dwelling. Right. Uh, if, you're, if you have enough big enough lot, you can have an accessory dwelling. It's limited what the accessory dwelling is, the number of square footage. I think 1,000 feet. feet. Don't yeah. hold me to that, but I, I think, think it's 1,000 right. square feet. You can have a mother-in-law's quarters, too. It can be in a detached garage, and it could be on the second floor and stuff. So that, that's not uncommon either. Again, it's an accessory dwelling. It's limited. Certain cases, if it's the mother-in-law thing, you got to produce the mother-in-law or something like that. Wait, you got to produce the mother-in-law? <laughs> well, no, because you get your there's taxes a, don't get... There's a form to fill out, and I think it gets recorded in the public records, and it's sort of problematic for us, because what happens if, the, if you know they sell it and somebody else moves in and it's being rented out? So that's one of those common things. How, right. do, we, how do we fix it later? Mm. And um, that for your taxes. So if you have one of those and you build it and there's somebody over 62 living in it, you don't get yeah. from the property tax appraiser, you don't pay the... Increase in value. This is way above Doug's. It's bigger. not even his yeah, it department. Is. It's outside my agency. It's the tax I just agency. Get stuck I just thought it I'd all the time. Throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. People I'll yell bet. at me about it. So What's the oddest, if it makes you feel better. Go what ahead. What is the oddest thing you've ever encountered? Oh, that's good. Oh, things good. Well, start with the scariest. Couldn't be odder than Amy. <laughs> well, the scary stuff that we run into is electrical and just scary electrical that will kill people. You, yeah. You know, there's no circuit breakers. I mean, a couple years ago, I was involved in a, in it. You know got dragged into an issue that happened in Miami-Dade County where a child was electrocuted in a swimming pool, oh. uh, jumped in, and there was a knee-jerk reaction. They came to the county commission. We're proposing, hey, let's change all the codes in the county. You know, the codes are wrong. It allowed this to happen. You know, it turns out that was not what allowed it to happen. The codes are fine. Let's not do these knee-jerk reactions. It was unpermitted work that happened at this home, oh, and it was kid. actually a short circuit in a box on a dock. So, I mean, docs are often scary. We run into crazy stuff on those. They, you know, in that case, it killed the guy's child. That combined with other things. Um, oh, God, no. Well, Sw swimming it? pools, I think, would be really important for people to look at. I brought you literature on swimming pools. Bonding is really critical. Things go bad in swimming pools like lamps mm -hmm. in the water and the motors on the pumps. When those get replaced, that stuff has to get bonded correctly. Because yeah. if it's not bonded correctly and something goes wrong with any piece of equipment or even stray current nearby, somebody will get electrocuted. Yeah. So, I mean, I take that stuff real seriously. Fire stuff. I mean, I don't know. Carbon monoxide. We had, a, we had a person die from carbon monoxide where the garage door apparently was, there was leaking around the garage door or whatever. And, and the car was running and was carbon monoxide poisoning and they died. This last hurricane that we had the, uh, before, what was this? Irma. 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 Thank yeah. you. Where we were, had a lot of generators running. We had some carbon monoxide incidents where people, I don't think anybody died here, but there were people that basically got, guy across the street from me where I live in the farms, basically the ambulances were there and I they took them out. I don't understand Well, yeah. we did a lot of research. I mean, because we, we're a big department, so we, we have a little bit of weight that we carry with industry so we can get access to things that people won't. And we were working with the manufacturers. And it turned out to me that everything we could track back on these particular generator 
incidences were, was manufactured because I wanted to know what did we do wrong? Right, right. I mean, these yeah. are brand new houses. What what did we do wrong that caused these things to happen? Because we followed the code, and and I believe if you follow the code, everybody should, should be, be safe. Fine. That's yeah. right. That's that's what my job is. So, and that's what my staff. I mean, we're committed to that. We're not just doing it because we want to tax people. Right. It's not about you know. It's not tax. We we are paid for out of the permits, and the permits pay for your safety. Right. So that's why we're here. But uh, I don't know. We it was a manufacturer issue. I think it's been addressed. So I don't have to worry about it's going to happen again. You know, there's a thing out there right now with plywood, of all things, which is a commodity. Mm-hmm. It goes into every new home. People right. are using it in re-roofs. Apparently, there's plywood that's being manufactured in Brazil that the American Plywood Association somehow got involved and tested it. And all seven, eight mills that they tested in Brazil, the plywood failed. Yeah, great. And so, now there's, yeah. so there's this huge lawsuit now out there between these national testing agencies that certify the inspection of the manufacturing process and the accreditation agency that accredits the testing laboratories, two separate laboratories. So I'm in the middle of this thing. Wow. Okay, I find out about it a year later because it was filed in district court in September. We're like, why didn't we hear about this? And we start looking into it. Nobody wants to give us any information because it's all mums the word. They're, They're in litigation. So I'm not clear at this point whether it's market share that they're battling over, but supposedly 50% of the plywood in Florida right now is coming from these sources. They won't give us the mill numbers. It's like the drywall. We, we inspect again. the stamps. I'm going to tell you when you, when you put a piece of plywood on your home or as a re-roof, your roofer and I'm roof, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, <laughs> roof. I, I didn't want to say it again. When your roofer, when your roofer puts it on there, we're inspecting that plywood for the stamp and making sure it's the right plywood that goes there. So we have to inspect that stuff. That's and that part of our job. And benefits the person. Right, well, and the problem you know. is now we don't know what plywood's good or not by looking at that stamp. they so won't tell you. They won't tell us. It's like this whole super secret thing. But if anybody's interested, go out there and look. It's on the APA website. There's a technical advisory back from 2018 <laughs> that talks about this September 2018, talks about this bad plywood, how it's failing. It's literally some of it's failing 40% weak. So... I see all kinds of scary wow. and crazy things that I don't like to see, but I'll bet. that's yeah. why we do what we do. So it reinforces the reason I do this Yeah, because there's a lot of days I'd rather just, you know, go poke my eye with a stick, you know, right. and, and I, and I <laughs> It'd be think, more fun. And I think that's I a lot of people your pain. when it comes to, you know, permitting in general, they're just like, oh, it's another hoop. It's just a pain in the butt. But yeah. There's a lot of reasons behind it. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a good story of somebody who completely refused to comply with you that you cited? Because there's always one. There's always got to be one. I don't like to say stuff about that because okay. well, let me just say this, you know, no, fair enough, you know, because we have the authority. I mean, it's like I have the authority. If somebody really does bad, then we get, the, you know, Drop we'll the condemn hammer. the building. We'll pull. I can pull your meter. I don't like that. That's not what I, I don't want to pull your meter. I would like you to live in your house. So I get accused of being the Grinch all the time. You're not the Grinch. I'm not the Grinch. I have. So any, you guys have anything else for Doug? Because, man, this is an informative and great podcast that I think is going to be wonderful that we could refer to new residents. Hey, here's why things are and here's what are things, you know. And, yeah. of course, they're going to look in their backyard and go, oh, my God, is our pole barn permitted? Let's call Doug Wise. And we're going to put your personal No, uh, we're not going to do no, that. They can send me an email. I don't have a problem. Go to the website. Look at the documents we have. If you can find your way to pbcgov.com. Go to departments and divisions. You can go to building. It's down under planning, zoning, and building. Click on that. On the t- the banner at the top, it says forms and information. There's forms on one page. There's codes and interpretations on another page. 
there's a lot of information out yeah. there and I can't give it all to you, you know, but I'm certainly happy to point anybody to it. Send us an email again, that pzb-building at pbcgov.org. That's great. You send it there. Perfect. There's a team of people that will get it to the right place. Hopefully you'll get the right answer. If you don't think it's the right answer, certainly email, email me, dwise at pbcgov.org. You know, I get a lot of emails. You got to be patient. You know, typically I think I'm up to 300 a day now, Oof, but I have staff that help me with that. We filter through it and some of it gets referred to other folks. Perfect. Thanks, Doug. I really appreciate Thank you coming you. and talking Thank with you us. Much. And uh, and we'll be speaking with you. Yeah. Let, Happy New Year. Let everybody know we do care about them. And we're not, we're not just trying to hurt them. We he appreciate does. it. Thank you. Thanks very much, Doug. we reached the end of another Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. Remember, coming up this January in Jupiter Farms, JFR's January meeting falls on January 13th at 7 p.m. at the Jupiter Farms Park Pavilion. This month, our meeting is being sponsored by Jupiter Outdoor Center, and our guest speaker is Kelly Martin of the Florida Leatherbacks and Nova Marine Science Education Program. So please come out and join us for the first meeting of the year, 2020. This month's Talking Trash Community Cleanup is scheduled for Saturday, January 11th at 8 a.m. at the Jupiter Farms Park Pavilion. Community hours are awarded along with great prizes. So come on out, pitch in and help out your community. And of course, tickets to our third annual Jupiter Farms Residence Shootout on February 8th are on sale. So hit up our ticket selling interface by clicking on the shootout graphic on our webpage at jupiterfarmsresidence.com. Also, if you'd like to come on board as a shootout sponsor or raffle prize donor, the more the merrier and it all goes for a great cause. Scholarships for our Jupiter Farms kids. So there you go. That's a lot of information. You can rewind and listen to it all again. Once again, folks. Thanks for listening to the JFR podcast and be sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when a new episode releases and please share it with your neighbors and friends. Our many thanks to Doug Wise, the director of Palm Beach County Building Division. Thank you to Someone Talk Media and to David Guggenheim for his direction and engineering and thank you for streaming and listening to the Jupiter Farms Residence podcast. So take care. We'll be speaking at you again before long from the farms. So say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. sharing it's so nice i'll do, I'll do, I'll do the whole thing you can choose how you want to wedge things in you better put us in there david quiet please one two three four five six seven eight nine ten am i lisping <laughs> Kristen? you'll tell me the truth do i sound normal or do i sound you do until you say six for you you said well, <laughs> she, she, don't say six <laughs> Get the seashells, yeah. seashells by the seashore. Peter Piper. Pickle, no, do I sound okay? Pickle, sound fine. Peter there might Piper. just be okay. certain if words. They, yeah. they threatened to spit in my lunch today. What about things on the ground? I have a fence question. Our fence is the the, the feed uh, cattle fence has single sticks. That's better. Right. Yeah. Am I lisping? Can you say I'm ideal one more time? Can you say what? That I'm ideal one more time? No. Come on. <laughs> you lost it. Remember? It. No, I didn't. <laughs> You're ideal. You're 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 ideal.
Your ideal. Your ideal. Your ideal. Your ideal. Your ideal. I like that. Your ideal. This has been a production of someone talked media.com.